Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Episode uh, 251 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today is Carrie Haley. I'm going to read the full title because we thought this might take half the time to read this title, but <laughs> it sounds like a pretty cool title, and you can expand off of it, Carrie. Okay. So, Associate Vice President of Philanthropy for the Foundation of CVPH and Alice Hyde Medical Center and Interim Lead for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for UVM Health Network dash new york partners yes <laughs> is that all in your badge right now your badge says associate vice president of philanthropy yeah i can't be all on my badge because it would be the size of my shirt <laughs> do you watch did you watch the office a little bit like the michael scott fun run yeah. chair for the, like that's what i feel like the back of the shirt would be so so you normally just go by vice president of philanthropy or associate vice president of philanthropy yes okay so yep. for people that don't know that tell us about that then we'll come back to your humble beginnings from Crown Point, New York. Because I want to ask about that too. So, okay. but yeah, give us like what, what you do. What? So I have the opportunity to um, oversee the foundation of CVPH as kind of my primary gig, and um, have been doing that since 2009. And um, so with that, I get to work with folks in our region who want to support the foundation and the work we do or the hospital and the experience that they've had and wanting to give back. Um, also get to spend the money that we raise, which is really awesome, and uh, find really cool ways to invest it in special projects, patient needs, community wellness, and that sort of thing. So what, what's like a normal, or I guess when you say like, what do you, um, you fund? Like where's most of the money go for a foundation? Where do you try to like highlight? In, it varies by year, but this past year, just over 50% of the funds we raised went to uh, equipment within the hospital, a variety of types of equipment. Um, and we've seen just an increase in that because the hospital budget's been so tight. Mm -hmm. So we've had the opportunity to step in and buy some other like scopes for the OR and a new ultrasound for the emergency department. So they could do point of care ultrasounds right at the bedside. And... Um, things like blanket warmers and that sort of thing that'll improve the patient experience so that was our biggest thing this year and what, what's what kind of budget are you guys working with each year do you have like a range of how much you give each year or try or try to raise each year mm -hmm. uh we this past year we raised around 1.3 million and we spent pretty much all of that okay and then some is that typical <laughs> It's yep. That's a pretty typical year. So when you guys get, so let's say you get one point three in, is the goal to spend all one point three, or is there times where it's like, well, we keep some of it in reserves, or sometimes, like you said, we overspend because it's worth it, and then we kind of, I, I guess, collect the money later on to make. Yeah, it, up? it depends on the year. We, um, you know, in some years we'll raise more than we spend, and so we keep those assets, and um, and then we can earn interest on them. So this past year. We spent more than we raised. I think we actually spent like 1.6, even though we raised 1.3, because uh, we had some good investments and earnings that we wanted to use up. Mm -hmm. So we actually spent more. Um, and 
for the foundation, like from a fundraising perspective, where's most of the money come from? I know obviously there's some events, but I'll let you speak mm-hmm. to it. But mm-hmm. uh, so where's the majority of the funds come from and how's the majority of the fundraising um, or how do you go about most of the fundraising? Uh about a quarter of what we raise is what we call our annual campaign. So those are general donations that come in throughout the year. Our biggest push is right now, uh, where we're sending letters out to people. A big plug right big now. Plug. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we have campaign volunteers who sign letters for us and, um, and, and that sort of thing. So that's a big one. And our employees are supporters, which is wonderful. Uh, we get grants. We have our events. We have uh, patients and families who are grateful for the care that they get, so they'll decide to give back to. How? Uh, when did the foundation start? In 1989, it was okay. officially incorporated. Good year. Um, yeah. The uh, I know how old it is now. But, um, so <laughs> the uh, and you came on in 2009. You said right. Yes. So how has it changed from 2009 to now? Is there anything that looks different from back then? Because obviously time time period. Things have changed quite a bit since 09. Yes. And um, and actually, I was there from 2000 to 2004, too. So I've had a long history okay. there. Yeah. And um, the work that we've done has expanded, I would say. The amount of money we raise has increased. And with that, what we've been able to fund has increased, which is terrific. Is the size of the foundation different? I mean, people or staff or, or like I said, how you go about getting money or? Yeah, um, we. I have three team members specifically in the foundation uh, well one is myself and then uh um uh karen reed is our director of annual giving that's a new position that we created so she could really focus on the annual giving piece which is big for us employee giving grateful patient those are some areas that we really want to continue to grow so mm-hmm. she'll be able to focus on those and then michelle senegal is our events and special projects manager and she does a terrific job of um, coordinating the events that we have throughout the year and also working with um, folks in the community who want to have events that we get to benefit from. So she'll work with those folks too. Now, is this just like when you say Alice Hyde, obviously that's over um, in Malone. Yes. Um, Do you do anything across the water in Burlington or is this just CVPH Alice Hyde? Uh, So... Sort they're all pretty much separate. With the when our um, all of our partner organizations became part of the network, one of the big things that we have said from the beginning and have continued to stick to is that all donations stay local mm-hmm. because people want to support the local hospital. So we kind of all work for our own partner organizations, but we have folks at the network level that we partner with for support on planned giving and uh, research and that sort of thing. So at Alice Hyde, we have Chantelle Marshall. She's our director of philanthropy there. She's been in that community forever and <laughs> knows so many people and has great connections. And then um, generally, we are just doing our own thing. That being said, we had a health equity summit that was co- coordinated by the Health Network and UVM College. And we did partner with them. And I asked a few folks that I know if they wanted to sponsor that too. So that piece of it was um, different than what we normally do, but those were seeking people who that wanted to be part of that. So all of the work we do really is about finding people in the community who want to be part of something and matching up their passion with what we have going on. 
is CVPH, are they still the largest employer in the area? I think so. Okay. I was I asked someone that the other day. You asked Molly because I was listening to Was it Schluter? Good. Yeah. There you go. I was quizzing you actually. <laughs> um, I, yeah. So I think we were, I was thinking Schluter and she thought it was still CVPH. Um, and I know at one point, I think Clinton Correctional was up there too. Yeah. I mean, it might just be the hospital now. So with that many different people that work there, um, are majority of those people like how far away? Like mostly Clinton County? Is there people outside Clinton County that come in to work at CVPH often or from Burlington? Hmm. Or say Burlington, Vermont? Uh, that's a good Canada? question. I think um, a lot of the folks that work at CVPH are from our area, but there are people who will travel um, either from Malone or Vermont, and then that goes the other way too. Yeah. So, um, so I, I guess from like a foundation standpoint and you know a lot of it's you know you said raising money is there any grant you said is there grant writing and stuff that mm -hmm. is involved in that mm -hmm. from a breakdown or if you had to like from the diversification of where you get the money like what, what's like you said a, it was about a quarter comes from donations and then uh or yeah. do you have the breakdown of like I what i have the breakdown. Uh, you can't prepare she's I got did, yeah <laughs> this is no this is good <laughs> did. well i just gave a presentation to my board at the last at our last board meeting, so I, I'm like, I'll just bring this. I actually didn't even look at it, but it literally says revenue source, and this is broken. So, yeah, yeah actually, you can, <laughs> look at that sheet. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have our annual campaign, which I was talking about that um, Karen works hard on. Um, you know, that this past year raised $267,000, um, but we have uh, on top of that, we have personal asks that will make of people, you know, beyond mailing a letter or giving a donation online where – we know someone is really committed to a certain thing we have going on or um, we, you know, we want to help them facilitate um, uh, something that they want to be part of. So though that'll usually bring in money. Um, this year we had a really special planned gift. A planned gift is, um, has many different forms, but one of the forms is a, like a bequest in a will. So we had a gentleman who passed away that we actually didn't even know, which makes me sad that we didn't know him. But we got the surprise gift of $376,000 wow. from his estate. Um, he left it to a few organizations in the community that touched him and were meaningful to him. So it was a really special way to um, leave a legacy in his name. Um, does that happen often or is that? Oh, not as often as, it, as maybe it could, but yeah. <laughs> usually we usually get at least one planned gift every year. Um, the size varies. That was a really large one. Do, do you, do you ever know when that, I mean, obviously you hope someone doesn't die, but like, do yeah. you know people that have said like, Hey, I've left quite a bit of money to this. Yeah. They vocalize that. Yeah. And that's what we prefer because when people let us know what, that they've left, they're going to plan to leave us something in their will or as a beneficiary of a fund of some type, um, then we can talk to them about, well, what do you envision happening with this? You know, Do you want to create a fund that's in your name? Do you want us to uh, spend all that money on cardiology or cancer care or our general mission that we do? So it gives us the opportunity to feel like we're doing the best we can to meet their wishes. And the fund, like you said, with uh, so, so some of it is um, like patient comfort. Some of it is employee comfort or mm -hmm. say employee care, whatever. Yep. Um, like, what's the biggest need at, at a hospital? Because um, again, you you hear things like CVPH of being understaffed, or you hear things mm -hmm. about being under budget. And I think, unfortunately, just world we live in, it's like that's not just hospital, but it's other things. But it's also a bummer. So yeah. when you look at you know resources of people, time, money, energy. 
like what's the, mo- the biggest need you find at CVPH or what's the thing where you're like, this is something we really, really want to try to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, check off the boxes. Like we took care of this and this mm-hmm. maybe is kind of a, an Achilles heel right now. We want to make it go away. Yep. Like, do you have a couple of those identified? Uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or any that you can share that you feel sure. comfortable sharing? Yeah, sure. Um, we, William Miner was the founder of CVPH, right? Or Champlain Val- uh, Physicians Hospital, I mean. Um, back long ago as well as shazy i'm, I'm a shazy guy so we know you mr. know miner well. mr miner yep. so um we got a pledge from the william miner foundation a couple of years ago for 1.2 million dollars that we're using for workforce investment okay. so because it is a problem and some, so this is just sort of one of those ways to tackle it so we're actually using those funds and um actively seeking other dollars to offset as well and enhance what we're doing but Helping, we have employees at CVPH, maybe they're in nutrition services or patient registration or um, they're a clinical assistant and they have a dream of becoming a nurse or um, physical therapist or some other area of high need that's really hard to recruit. So through that program, when people get accepted, we pay for their uh, schooling and also can offset some of their work hours so they can get paid for their work hours, but they're actually using it as study time instead. So it's allowed people to go back to school who wouldn't be able to. Do, do you find that that's, um, I mean, it seems like that'd be a good way to get people in, like ret- yeah. say retention, but mm-hmm. also, you know, you're already kind of in the system, so it makes more sense, right? Yes. And 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 being part of that program, they're committing to working at CVPH for a certain number of years afterwards too. Um, now regarding like, I mean, thank God I haven't been at the hospital that often. Um, usually it's just for bringing another kid home type thing. But <laughs> another still, baby. Yeah, but still when you, when you look at um, kids and you look at, uh, or at least that's what I'm most aware of, but you, people from newborn all the way to, you know, end of life or, you know, and there's different levels of care. And I feel like whoever's involved, hospitals are usually never fun to be at. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to go because like I'm fixing a problem, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't think people wish they didn't have to go there. Right. So it's kind of like when you're there, you're trying to make the best of it. And I yeah. think, especially when you're dealing with, I guess it depends on age bracket, but like a child going in and, you know, and I'm saying like a, a young child, maybe grade school kind of thing, like mm-hmm. they have different needs more to just kind of take their mind off of stuff and versus, and sometimes it's parents too, where they're just like stressed out and yeah. things are happening. Do you, how do you find, um, I guess morale of people when they go in from like parents, obviously some people are in the waiting room, some people are waiting room, but the, the lobby, some people are just like puttering around for days cause they mm-hmm. really can't leave. And, mm-hmm. um, is there stuff for those people too, that you try to like, I mean, I'm, again, I've seen people like play pianos and stuff and I've seen like, th- you know, these little fun things, but I find that a lot of people that we've dealt with at the hospital, um, have been awesome, mm-hmm. like especially the whatever the labor and delivery floor is, I feel like those people are like put on earth for babies yeah. because they, I'm like, I love my child. But I feel like you love my child more than yeah. I do right now. And I'm like, you see like 50 kids today. And like, it's, right. still, it's still awesome to have babies. Yeah. So, but I feel like they, they really go out of your way to almost be like a concierge and really help out. Like, mm-hmm. is that, do you find that that's, that happens pretty much all the way through? Do you find that that's something that, or do you guys really focus on anything regarding that where it may not be the, like the physical action of the, surgery or whatever mm-hmm. but it's kind of like all the extra stuff around it oh sure for sure that's yeah. kind of where we specialize i think uh we have staff who are amazing at what they do they do give the best care that they can every day and um 
sometimes they come across something or their patient has a need uh, that doesn't make sense in the hospital budget, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, just a cool new thing that if they had it, it would be it would make their patients day better. So we are um, happy when we can partner with staff who identify those things so we can um, put them in place. So you're thinking of kids coming to the hospital. Sometimes they're in the hospital and they're not the patient, but they're there with their loved one. Mm -hmm. They're in the ED, whatever the case may be. And sometimes they are a patient. But either way, we have um, this cool kids closet that staff know is there. And um, if they have a kid who they think could use a puzzle or a coloring book or a stuffed animal or a toy, they can go down and grab it and they just give it to the kid so that um, they have a little extra activity, feel like they have you know, are valued there. And it makes the parents feel better too, I think, because they um, – see that you care about them and you see their kid there one less stress off the parent you know yeah exactly it's uh i mean again i think people that go it's like kind of a collective effort like Mm -hmm. unfortunately it's like a place you go that's not again the place you typically want to go or reasons you want to go but i did find when you went in there it was a very odd situation like you know you're going in for like at the end of the day it's a surgery but then when you you sit there and you start seeing a lot of people i i feel like it's it's more welcoming and almost, this is weird, but I think if anybody has kids, you can agree. Like if you're sitting in the waiting room for a couple of days, like it might be a good or a bad thing. If you have but- kids at home, it's quieter in the <laughs> hospital. But I, I feel like it, it almost feels like you're going away for the weekend on like a trip, mm-hmm. even though you're not, it's like 10 minutes from your house, but you're like not going anywhere and you're kind of in a spot you never see. Like yes. Very rarely do you have to go inside to see all the hallways and the mm-hmm. rooms, the hospital. So I, I always felt like when I went up there, it just, it felt like a, a staycation which I know is a weird way of saying saying it, but you see people and it was just like, it was just different than the normal day today. And you also have this level of like, I can't do anything really out of this space. Yeah. So you kind of like simplify and settle in. Yeah. And I find that it's, it's there's a there's a weird comfort level, almost like when you, you know, when you shut your phone off and people can't contact you and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, thank God. Maybe you're walking <laughs> around the tree, tree, tree uh, a farm and like nobody can find you out there and like mm-hmm. this is so peaceful mm-hmm. and i find that, that that i felt a little bit like that at a hospital which i know is weird but have you i don't know i i just think when i think of hospital i think of that and i and this is kind of a weird thought but i think of that and i think of like all these people like that's their normal day to day and it's so different from someone on the outside looking in and feeling like this is actually a pretty comfortable s- surrounding for something that maybe is not on someone's high list of comfort when you think about it, and yeah, that's where I'm kind of going. If you think of like, I'm going to Disney World, you're like, this is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to the hospital, and your expectation like this sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, but I feel like the like it's under what's it called? Uh, low expectations, but exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. under under over deliver under under promise. Over promise. Deliver. Thank you. I was looking yeah. for the word. <laughs> it's like almost like an under promise. Like this is not going to be great. Like I got to the hospital, but then they over deliver. Yeah. So that's kind of where I feel like when I went, it was like this isn't that bad of a place now granted i was not getting surgery right arguably my wife did 99.999 percent of the work so it was was very (laughs) uh, it was very yeah it was very uh chill but i just and i I even felt like her at the time it was just like a very easy er easy er process Mm -hmm. easy er but i just felt like it was very well done by a lot of people there and even going through the hallways, it just felt when people in different scenarios and you see people in the waiting room and I'm like, they might be here because someone's passing away. Like yeah. you don't know the situation, yeah. but I feel like it's a, kind of a welcoming environment. 
which is, I don't know if do you get that feel. I mean, you work there every day, so it's kind of like normal to you. Yeah. Do you feel like people have that feeling coming in or maybe hope to? I hope they do. I mean, I know walking around, I, I see people, you know, smiling and welcoming folks as they're coming in, even though they look nervous or, you know, people, it's easy to get lost and disoriented because you're in an unfamiliar place and you're nervous and, um, I'll go up to ask someone if they need directions and someone else is already heading there to say, hey, how can I help you? What do you need? And so I feel like people really just try to connect and make people feel comfortable. We have patients who are there for a few hours and we have patients who are there for days, weeks, months, and yeah. sometimes months and months. We had a patient who um, was had been there for a while, a few months, and he really missed seeing his, going to his grandkids' games, but he couldn't leave the hospital. His family isn't from around here, and he didn't really have anybody. But the staff recognized that and said, what can we do to make this make your stay a little better, make you feel like you know, um, you're connected? And they brainstormed and came up with the idea of getting an iPad for him mm-hmm. and then downloading this app that you can watch high school games yeah. on, which I never heard of. Yep. Okay, NFHS. And yes. Yes. And so they downloaded that for him, and he was able to watch his kids' games on oh, that's it. Awesome. And so we were able to pay that through foundation dollars. And like he was so happy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it was easier for the staff to care for him because he was in a better state and not, you know, as depressed and things. And so it's those little things that really can well, make a difference and staff are in too. tune with it. Things are on his mind. Yeah. Versus watching like reruns of soap operas and stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. uh, I, I mean, unfortunately, that's like daytime TV. It's not. Yeah. Unless you have Netflix now or something where right. you can watch a movie. But um, so now regarding the, you know, the actual foundation, is there anything that plan wise that you hope to accomplish going forward um obviously you got three people working there now is Mm -hmm. it expand the group is it just raise more fundraising dollars or is it even to shift kind of how you go about or priorities that you focus on yes all of those things okay (laughs) (laughs) um i'd love to have another uh, person to help us with um some of the back-end work that we do because it's a lot that happens in our office it's not only um you know, raising the money, but seeing how we spend it. And even Alice Hyde, um, Chantel does a great job, but there's so much that happens in or there with their auxiliary. We'll, you know, so my goal is to get some more support on the back end so we can continue the work that we do even better. Um, at CVPH in particular, we have a cardiac rehab and pulmonary rehab um, renovation that we're going to work on doing in the coming months. Okay. So we're going to do some fundraising around that. So I'm really excited about it. And um, that'll eventually come together and yeah. we'll get that going. And um, Alice Hyde, they're going to be, they're working on workforce programming, sort of like we have here at CVPH, just trying to get that growing more. Um, I've been asking this to a lot of guests recently. If you had to go back to, let's say 2000, yep. um, Carrie, and you first came in, you said 2000, right? When you started 2004. 2004, 2000, I just graduated college. Okay. So 2000, so you're 15, graduating college. Very smart cookie. Uh, so 2004, you ended up, um, so you, that's the, when you first started at CVPH. Oh, yeah. No, I got that wrong. Wait, 2000. I think you said 2000, 2004, you were there. Yeah, 2000, 2004. Okay, yeah. So, okay. I'm glad you're keeping track. Yeah, okay, yes. I was going to say, I'm like questioning my. Wait, did I? I, Actually, you wrote it down here, too. Oh, we didn't look at that. So, that's actually good. And then came back to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Oh, E Town, 2004, 2009, came back to UPH. Gotcha. So, you've been in the hospital industry for two decades. 
from where you started at two in 2000, mm-hmm. so 23 years later, mm-hmm. now we're at here. Because um, I, I find this is something I don't do enough, and I find most people probably don't do this enough. Like, because we're always like, okay, how do we improve? How do we keep going? You kind of have like eye on like the next level going up. Yeah. If you could like turn 180 degrees backwards and look back at 2000 to where you came now, how much growth have you seen as an individual slash the hospital slash this the foundation? Because you got two decades worth, and obviously every day you're. Tr- I'm assuming you're trying to be a little bit better than you were before. So yes. now you have 23 years of compounding betterness. Yeah. So how does it look like if you were to look back at 2000 at a college to now, like? Where are you, like, how's things changed or what have you accomplished? Or is there something you're like, actually, God, in 2000, we were doing this archaic thing. And now we've improved these major things at the hospital. Yeah. Oh, uh, we've changed a lot and grown a lot. I feel like I've grown a lot. Um, I, for probably the first decade, I think I was kind of shy and quiet. I needed, <laughs> needed to get over that. So yeah. I, I mostly have gotten over that. Um, but, you know, we've just done a lot with um, really growing the impact and outreach that we have, I think, um, really trying to the f- for the foundation of CBPH in particular, it, we would our board members would always say this is the best kept secret. Nobody knows what we do or understands what we do because there's so many different layers. I think we've added more um, programs that we do, but we're also better about talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing these sorts of things. Thanks, Galen, for the invitation. Um, But just being on social media more, um, you know, making videos, telling stories, and really sharing the impact has been um, something that we really continue to strive to do, even at our events, adding the message into the events. So we remind people why they're there dressed up in as a crazy character and having a good time, like what the purpose is, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it comes, it's like an old sales adage, but the more you tell, the more you sell. So yeah. it's kind of like the same. Right. I mean, you guys are still selling something. You're, mm-hmm. you're selling a mission or you're selling, you know, the fundraising aspect of where it goes. Um, no, very cool. Um, I don't want to harp all on CVPH, even though I do think what you guys do is very good. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just it, local, a big pillar of our community. And, you know, there's, Everybody at some point is connected to the hospital. You yes. know, there's it's not it's not like something like I've never actually had to deal with anything there. I'm like, I guarantee you know someone there that's yes. that's working there or whatever. Exactly. Or child born or mm-hmm. passed away. But mm-hmm. um okay, so you might be the first person from Crown Point. Crown <laughs> I know that you said it only till ten, so yeah. but uh um, yeah, we, we just used to play Crown Point and all the sports. So you go down, it felt like it was like on the other side of the state. Yeah. And as you've gotten older and actually have a better sense of direction, like going down the crown point is a, not that bad. And two, it's a really pretty drive, yes. especially from up here. Uh-huh. So, um, but you lived in crown point, you moved to Beekman town mm-hmm. and you graduated high school, Beekman town. Yes. All right. And then Plattsburgh, no Plattsburgh and then Norwich for college. Yep. Um, actually question for SUNY Plattsburgh major in business. So you were, was it Hawkins? Sibley, not Sibley, Hawkins uh, Hall, Red yeah. K, were those like Red all the classes? K. Yes, yeah, for sure. Now you look at the new business place, That's so fancy. That, that was my, that was, so I got in there for the first time last year. I got a tour of the building. Yeah. And the guy who toured me is actually the dean there now, but he was my advisor back in the day. So he started out as my advisor, <laughs> so we've always stayed in touch. Um, I don't do anything with my degree, but he's a great guy. Um, and I remember sitting there and I'm looking at him like, that was my parking lot. And I remember they broke ground and I was mad they broke ground because I'm like, that was my parking You're lot. Right. So I was now street parking and it was, <laughs> I, I lived at home. Um, but now that that building is like pretty state of the art and I look at like Red K and I look at like Hawkins and Hawkins is iconic, but I'm like, Red K, that's like, 
not the nicest building there, but right. that's where you had all your classes. Yes. It was like jammed in. It was like a cluster yes. trying to get around. And, um, exactly. And then when you went to Norwich, do you have to be a cadet to go to Norwich? No, you don't. I mean, that was a question I actually thought about. I was watching hockey the other day. The girls, Plattsburgh women's hockey team, tied Norwich. And I was wondering, I'm like, are they all cadets? So the answer is no. No. Is it what's the percentage of cadets to non-cadets or civilians or whatever? I don't know actually. And my when I did my MBA there, it was all online actually. So I don't know that anybody was a cadet. Like, I actually there. didn't know where it was. <laughs> it's in Vermont, Gary. If you didn't know. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so, but oh, okay. So that maybe that's a bad question to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was a great online program. <laughs> but that being said, the last week of the eighteen-month program, you had you went over. It stayed in the dorm for a full week, got to meet all these people you were working with online. And that's before, because uh, I'm older now, uh, it was before video chat and all that stuff. Yeah. We were just talking. Couldn't zoom in. The, we, no, we didn't do the telephone. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we actually got to meet them and see yeah. what they looked like and that sort of thing. And they have the cadets do a run through the Dog River. So you could sign up to do that. So I signed up to do that. You. You met at the Dog River. You had to do 25 push-ups before you... Oh, so you participated. I participated. Okay. Yeah. And I, my, my, I probably didn't do 25 push-ups. <laughs> and then we just started a jog, which turned into leisurely walking. So it was kind of, I'm sure they're not that easy on the cadets. But that was a fun experience to have. I don't even know where Norwich is in the state. Oh, it's yeah, not that near far. Barry. Yeah. So as part of the project, we had to do case studies on Rock of Ages, which is a... Uh, um, granite company there they make all these memorials and okay. things like that so that was really cool and then we got to do a tour of it oh that's neat I, I, I don't I don't know why I thought Norwich was like a little bit more more farther out oh okay. well, I guess we're at New Hampshire here New London yeah oh Middlebury's there I guess yeah I mean from Crown Point you're like right there stone's throw away almost <laughs> um, no that's cool mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so now, the stuff you're in now with, with business, was that tied to CVPH? Did you go there because it, like, obviously a concentration in marketing. Were you marketing when you first went to CVPH, or was it always foundation? It was always foundation work, and when I um, took the position, I was like, I have no idea what this means or how it's going to tie in with my degree. And meanwhile, it's, like, all about your degree, right? You're you're doing mailings. It's direct marketing. You're, you're talking with people about... Um, making a gift you can view that as sales i choose not to i'm not selling people i'm trying to help them fulfill a passion that they have mm-hmm. but um you know depending how you want to look at it it all definitely ties in uh but like i went for supply chain management in, at plattsburgh and if i had to do it again i would have done marketing in heartbeat yeah i've learned a lot of marketing through trial and error and like necessity mm-hmm. but it's something that I I'm fascinated with it. I like yeah. I like human psychology. I like how people think. I like how people like what people pay attention to. Yeah, and I think cool. that's like layers deep of like paint a pretty picture and it's or you know a flyer or whatever. But I'm like the like the flyer. But like, what's the best way to get conversions? What's the, where's eyeballs go? And like yes. understanding these behaviors. Like people read top to bottom, left to right. Like that's where your eyes gravitate towards. So like, there's little things that you can. It's almost like the science of marketing. I find is yes. fascinating. Exactly. Uh, do you have a picture in there? Do you put in a tagline? Is it italicized? Is it at the bottom of the letter? Mm-hmm. You know, even with, uh, it's fun to look at the direct mail pieces and try all different things, yeah. you know, like, oh, okay, let's do a PS and see what the response rate is. Or let's tell this story versus that story and let's and see which one people respond to more. I, uh, so I had a piece, um, I had a mailer, so direct mail. 
I actually pay attention to marketing. So a lot of times I'll keep stuff that I get in the mail, not because mm -hmm. I'm going to use it, but I'm like, okay, for whatever reason, this caught my eye. Yes. So then I'm like, I'm going to save this. I'm not going to do anything with it, but I'm like, what caught my eye about this thing? And then this other one the other day had, um, it was like a clothing brand or something they sent me. And I was like, no intention to buy it, but something caught my eye. Then I'm like, there's a QR code. So I'm like, I'm curious, like, because now it's a call capture. So I mm -hmm. said, now technology. So I said, mm -hmm. click on it. Where does it go? In my mind, I was like trying to figure out the layers of like, okay. And these are obviously bigger companies with bigger budgets and smarter people than me. So I'm like, let me learn from something they thought was good. Yeah. And, you know, shorten the learning curve. So a lot of times I'll do that. I'll do it with commercials. I'll do it with, you know, different video ads. Yep. You know, and I just, I try to understand why they're doing it. Or if I keep seeing a general theme and I'm like, I don't, I got to figure out what kind of why, but I just know they put this usually here in the bottom. Mm -hmm. So then it's like understanding, okay, why might they put it down in the bottom? And I don't, I just find that fascinating because you can learn a lot, even the stuff you put, like say you put, and I get stuff, you know, from the foundation, the mail, and like you look at it, same thing. You kind of go through and like what, you know, what works here? What do I think is cool? Or did it capture my attention? Yeah. I don't know. It's just fun. It's like a, it's like a fun game, but you get better by just consuming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, just weird, weird thing, but I always like marketing. So it's, <laughs> I agree. Um, so Right now, obviously, you talked about the CVPH being a big time of the year. It's also a big time of the year for Christmas trees. Yes. And um, have you sold Christmas trees yet? You must have, right? Somebody came and bought one a couple of weekends ago. Okay. But like you're – so when – Oh, you mean ever? Not ever. Oh. No, no. I'm saying like this year. No, okay. no. But I'm saying you had the farm. But like when do people start buying Christmas trees? Because I'm assuming like after Thanksgiving, game on. Yes. So because I'm usually like the weekend – the Thanksgiving weekend – person like saturday sunday after okay. thanksgiving yes i don't like putting stuff up prior to thanksgiving i like giving thanksgiving like it's time and it place space. I, yes. yes and when do people first start buying trees or when do you open and say now you can buy trees we open the friday after thanksgiving and that's a pretty busy okay. day and then that weekend's pretty busy which is this week this week okay. yep and then next weekend is a bit usually the busiest weekend so it's the weekend after thanksgiving yep and, but someone already bought their tree prior. Yes. They said, it's never too early to buy a Christmas tree. And I thought, hmm, I think it can be. <laughs> I said, how much are you going to water this thing? <laughs> yeah. And I said, a lot. So I said, okay. All right. You can come you, if you want I to. find like by the, f I, would, I would say between four and five weeks, that thing starts dropping needles quick. Yeah. I mean, we put ours up usually probably the first or second week in December. And we'll keep it up through the new year. But it's, it's okay. Okay. As long as you're watering it, you've got to water it, especially those first few days where it's just sucking it up. Don't let it get dry. Yes. No, I, I, I agree. So if like the Christmas tree farm, tell, tell people about it. Why did you get it? Because you bought the house with the Christmas tree farm. Yes. And then you decided to keep the Christmas tree farm. Yes. Did you have a background in Christmas trees? Not at all. Okay. Did you want to do it or was it just kind of like, well, it's here. We might as well try to figure out. Right. It. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I didn't have so, a passion for Christmas trees until now. But okay. So, so now you're trees, a passionate yeah. Christmas tree person. Yes. yes. You know a lot about it. So yes. um, how long have you been doing the Christmas tree farm? Uh, we bought it in 2015. So that was our first okay. season. We bought it because we were looking for a place that had more land just mm -hmm. because Really, my husband just wanted an excuse to buy a tractor, which now he has like three. Perfect. So excuse, yeah. yeah, so uh, so we came across this place and kind of chased the people down. Please let us buy your house, and because um, they were going to take it off the market and go to Florida, we're like, no, we want it. So um, and then they gave us like this quick lesson on, hey, here's how we grow trees, here's how we make reeds, here's how you're going to sell it, blah blah blah. You know, like 
Crash course. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's a two-hour information dump for when you live in this place <laughs> next year. Okay. And um, so 2015 was our first year of tree sales, and we really had no idea what Which we was doing. the first year you bought it. So you yes. dove it like head first. Yes. So we moved in in July and then had our tree sales in December. When do you start like – when? Or I guess how often do you have to take care of Christmas trees? Like is there a period where you just don't touch them? Is there a period where you're constantly going like watering, checking them, pruning them? Uh, one, after after tree sales and that sort of thing, we don't really do anything until springtime. Springtime you will plant in like late April. Sometimes there's a few snowflakes around. Um, so you get them in and then start mowing through the summer. You mow and do weed control around the trees that you have. And then so that's like, you know, every other week or so you're doing that mowing and that sort of thing um then in the fall we'll do tree trimming okay so that usually so i spread it out over a few weekends so when you plant a tree in let's say april yeah when what year does that tree go out uh, about t- 10 years later. Oh, it's that long? Yeah. Wow. They say 8 to 10 years, but I feel like my trees grow really slow. Something so that, oh, like slow? 10 years, yeah. <laughs> Sandy soil? Yeah. The, um, so if you, so the, is there enough trees that every year you're like, we have enough for 10 years? And obviously you keep planning to backfill that? We have been planting lots every year. We also kill quite a few. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's but. <laughs> We're truth. not all green thumbs. It's oh, okay. that's right. It's dry. You know, it's all these different weather issues. Um, oh, I forgot where I was going. But um, what? yeah, uh, so there was a few years where the um, former owners stopped planting when, before we bought it. So there's, we're getting on kind of the hiatus where we're a little bit nervous about how many trees are we going to have this year. But we still, I think this year we'll still have at least 75, maybe 100 to sell, which is pretty good for us. And um then we have some other ones that we get from another local guy that's cut already. And those are always beautiful too. So that helps offset the trees we have. So, and what else do you do? I mean, the so you do the trees. Mm-hmm. I know you have, talk about the wreath stuff, right? Because yeah. you're a wreath. That, was that, so you make wreaths? Yes. Okay. And so after our first year, we were making wreaths and um, some of my family members came over and helped out. And my sister-in-law was like, you know, this is really fun. And people would probably make their own wreaths and you could charge them for it. And it's like a paint and sip, yeah. but wreath. So it's like, okay. So we tried it. So I call it merry wreath making. and Full of cheer. Full of cheer. Yeah. And, and it's <laughs> true, honestly. Uh, like the first weekend we started doing that this year was veterans day weekend and um so it's like kind of early for the season but people want to get in so yeah. it's it's good drinking a Saturday. that's right exactly <laughs> so I, everything's lit up in the barn christmas music is playing there's a few snowflakes outside people are having this wonderful time and i was just like oh this is it this is why we do this it's just so amazing it's like it just if the if you go in Grinch, you're gonna the Grinch is gonna be smacked out of you. You're <laughs> so, full of holidays. So here. if someone walks into um into the farm, like yeah. let's so like on on a what you call it, a wreath a merry wreath merry wreath making merry wreath yes. making. So <laughs> do you bring in just like how many people do you bring in? Are you it's like painting sip? Are you are you the person that's like 
I would say I'm gonna say paint and sip where like you're actually doing the line, like mm-hmm. you're Bob Rossing it up there. Or are you doing the same with Reese? You're like I'm connect I, this here. I do have happy trees like Bob Ross, but okay. um, we we can take up to twelve people in a class. Um, but if anyway, that's a nice size. And um, basically, I have everyone come in and I show them how to make a wreath. Okay. And demo it and get started. There's a group of this is, there. Okay. Yeah. Some merry people. There's some merry people. And um, and then they all get to start working on their own. So, see, there's there's Vicky marking there. She's good. I was going to say, I recognize some of these people. <laughs> yes. There's tree planting. Um, so, um, so we'll demo, like, how do you make a bunch of greens and what should they look like and what direction do the needles go and what if it's cut funny, where do you put it? And then how you put it in the clamping machine and make sure you don't clamp your fingers because you're not allowed <laughs> to do that. And then um, people will just start making their own bunches. They team up and, and, and uh, make beautiful reeds. And then they get to pick their ribbon and make a bow. We'll show them how to make a bow. Um, and they can pick out their berries or sparkly, glittery things to decorate them so when you're oh like, I look at the size I of this yeah this michelle made a really big wreath there she um, a big wreath. so it's wire framed underneath right yeah and then when you like how did you learn how to do all that with just like are you youtube videos or are you just practicing in that quick two-hour tutorial with the former owners yep. um they showed us and then we went to a christmas tree conference because nice. they have those and uh <laughs> Their and thing, to, I love it. Yes, and uh, got to learn a little bit more there and practice. That's wild. Yeah. Now all all the all the when you go in and you look inside, like all the little trinkets and things that you sell. What's do you make those? Or do you like people make them and sell them out of the shop? Oh, uh, kind of a variety. There's okay. a few things that I've made, but I haven't made a lot. So mostly I rely on other people I know to make things, or sometimes I'll find a nice. Um, retailer to buy some things from to fill in and then i have um maple syrup that my brother makes this year i have some jam that we made that kind of thing so some of this is just things you come up with and want to try mm-hmm. is your family pretty artistic or creative uh, no. i say creative i say artistic not like art but like you said someone's making maple syrup someone's making little knickknacks like holiday yeah. things they're like, doers I'm calling yeah them doers. that's yeah. a good thing yeah. but they're, they're willing to like put in and just try to figure it out yeah so this this process right here. So Planting. there's a tractor. Mm-hmm. Someone's mm-hmm. sitting behind the tractor, almost like getting like a sleigh ride. But think of like a one seat where it looks like they're gonna fall off the seat. Yeah. That like what was he doing there? Like they're going in. He's just planting it, dragged and planting. So is it getting dragged? Yeah. They're building kind of a trough that you can put it in. Yeah. This okay. thing is awesome because before we got the planter, we were doing it by hand, and we'd have like a thousand trees to plant by hand, and you're just taking this bar and wedging it into the ground and. Oh, it took forever. Yeah. And so then my husband found this tree planter, which, like you said, you just sit on it. And there's a blade in the front that cuts open the soil to the depth that you need. And then you reach down, put the um, tree roots down, and then tires are behind and they're at an angle. So as you're driving forward, it's closing the earth back up. In this little little seat thing. Yep. So right under that little seat are the wheels that are kind of at an angle, wow. closing the earth back up. So how how much quicker can you do it with this versus what you did before? Oh, a fraction of the time. Probably, uh, probably cuts it down to a quarter of the time. Wow. If not more. <laughs> and I'm assuming less labor intensive. Yeah. I mean, it's faster, but less labor per thing because machines are doing it. Yep. That's crazy. 
It's it's pretty remarkable what people have come up with. I like know. someone came up with a tree planting apparatus yes. that comes on the back, which is perfect. It's like that's that literally solves all of our issues. Yeah, and my husband gets to drive a tractor. So So who's the I person on the back? Oh, that's our friend Boone. Yeah. He was he was trying it out. Nice. He did a good job. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's like you gotta ride behind a thing with a blade just make sure just be careful <laughs> um, don't go too fast um and then is this what, is this the tree wrapping yes so it just wraps keeps all the things tight so when you put it on your car it's not blown yes. in the wind yep this and it makes it easier to get in your house that's mm-hmm. right and then you pop it off and then it goes all yep. cr- christmas vacation on you and mm-hmm. goes through the window yes. um no, no so we do not we try not to sell trees with squirrels fyi the, <laughs> that's good uh, forward thinking i like yeah. it um so w- what's the largest tree that you guys have sold People get like 12, 15 foot trees. Yep. Uh, the largest one we sold was um, a couple of years ago. Uh, Mountain Valley Federal Credit Union bought a tree for the Osable, um Town of Osable Christmas oh, celebration. Yes. Yeah. So that was the biggest tree that we it was, sold. I think it's called a Christmas in the Forks. Yes, it? that's yes. it. Yeah. So that, I don't know, that thing was probably 20, 25 feet or something. It was huge. And so they brought <sighs> Northern. Was it Northern Lights? Is that what it's called? That has the big trucks. Uh, it Northern, could be. So, Northern Utilities. Anyway, they had them come in. Oh, like the butt with the yeah. Yeah, yep. a big grapple, and somebody cut it down. They had the big truck to pick it up and bring it back, but the truck got stuck. We weren't there when they came, so my um, youngest son, who's probably twelve at the time, was there, and he left driving the tractor. So he <laughs> drove the tractor down and was trying to figure out how to help them get unstuck. It was a total mayhem, but it's, it was a big tree. Was that So that tree, like that tree, how long had that been growing? 40 years, 30 years? Uh, probably. Uh, supposedly a tree will grow, for a pine tree, will grow a, a year. So it was at least 25 years, probably 30 years. Wow. Yeah. So was that even on the farm or was that like, like that's kind of like on the edge. We don't even grow there anymore. We just go grab that big one. It was It was on the farm. It was that, just sitting in the center? Yeah. Because um, the tree, with the farm, like, like where the building is, you go. It's a pretty down. big mm-hmm. drop down there, yeah. right? Yeah, it's almost like a roller, a big like, well, Whee! one of those big slides. Like, <laughs> so going down, do you ever have problems down, like getting people in and out of there? Like people drive their cars back there for the uh, most part, or do you just try to bring them up? Uh, they do drive their cars back. We've only had a couple people get um, have to have help getting towed up the hill because the weather was bad. There's been a couple of years where it's been warm and really wet, so we yeah. haven't been able to let people drive down on certain days because it would be so muddy and they'd make big ruts. But so they would just walk down, and get some good exercise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, say coming back up. Um, mm-hmm. The now again with the like Christmas tree sales, like how does that work? Um, you know, obviously it's seasonal, mm-hmm. but like the whole process of it, like when it comes down to I mean, there's a handful of places locally that do it, but is this kind of more of like a hobby thing that's like a fun thing to do? Do you guys treat it as an actual business? I mean, it's a business, but do you put a lot of stock into it or you're more of like, this is just fun to do? It's, do I you- mean, it's a business, but there's nothing that we're going to retire off of, that's for sure. <laughs> so it's definitely a hobby farm. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, How close can you cut put trees together? Um, We try to have it so that you can mow in between them, so it's easier okay. to care for. So uh, I'm trying to remember what my husband says to plant them. I feel like it's like a mower six or deck. eight feet he's, apart. Yeah, as I say, a mower deck, he's probably four feet right there. Yeah. How Now, trees, you said they grow about a foot tall each year. Mm-hmm. How, what about width? Because width's pretty proportional on a lot of these, yeah. right? I was going to say, they all. I mean, sometimes you get ones that are a little more round. Some, I, yeah, we have some really fat ones. 
but they just like grow out yeah is there a way to stop it or is that kind of like telling a person like you just grew up with like a weird long arms like they have big bones yeah yeah big bones good work <laughs> but like you know people like grow up and like why are your feet so big or your yes. arms so long yeah. or like you got like a tall neck or something no you could trim it better i, I th- that's what it'd be yeah it would you could just trim it in more some of them i let go some people really like the fat trees so so, so when you go get trees like at the beginning of the year and you look mm-hmm. at trees do you go out and try to like like you said trimming a little bit but do you go try to like sculpt the tree out so a little more aesthetically like ideal to what you would see on a christmas tree or yeah. you kind of that happen often? I mean, you tr- we definitely you kind of step back and have to look at it and say, okay, I need to trim off the top, obviously. And, you know, it's maybe it's a little off shape, so you will use a trimmer to tighten it up a little bit more. Do you do this after it's brought back, or do you go out and just try to do it before people go down and get them? Or- oh, we do uh, – I do all the trimming in early September. And that allows that, – that doesn't affect it, like, overgrowing or yeah, coming back? Yeah, by then, uh, it grows a ton in – like May, June, July, they'll just go crazy. And then um, after that slows down and I trim in September, that gives it enough time to not look like it's just been freshly pruned, um, but it doesn't really grow misshapen from what I've done. When did Christmas trees start? I don't uh, I should I can know Google that. it. But that's okay. what I was wondering. Like, When did that become a thing to put a tree yeah, in your house? I've heard the answer, but now I can't remember. Origin of a Christmas tree. You know what I found out the other day? I, I have not fact-checked this, so I'm not really sure 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that people started cheersing drinks, like cheers. Yes. Back in like, I don't, was it medieval time? Or many, many, many hundreds of decades ago. Hundreds of centuries ago, not decades. Hundreds of centuries ago. Um, they would do it because if like both of us were drinking, they mm-hmm. would cheers to try to get drinks into your drink in case it was poisoned. It was like a defense mechanism because if they thought someone had poisoned them, they would cheers and they'd get it in their cup and see if they would see drink if they, it. And if they were still alive, then they and could have their own it. drink. Correct. Okay, that's why. And actually, I was there and I'm like, is that a real thing? And then I looked down and I was like, no, it's actually verified, which is weird. Also, yes, like that's w- weird. the reason um, people use the middle finger to like flip someone off, yeah. I'm just totally going off the rails right here, but <laughs> they did it because back in the day when they used to shoot arrows, yeah. Like, uh, medieval times, they would actually stick their middle finger up like I'm still alive because I can still shoot you. Because because you pull it back and you let it go. So they're basically saying like I can still fire my, my oh, weapon. So it was basically God. it wasn't like F you, it was more of like well it kinda was. Still, Actually it was that, I but it was like I'm still you. here I and I can still get you. you. <laughs> Very odd like <laughs> history you didn't think but like there there's gotta be some meaning to it. I'm like that's yeah. how, that's what it was. It was right. like old things. So Fun facts for everybody. You might win Jeopardy with those questions. Um, the so, modern Christmas tree, though, originated in Western Germany. The main prop of a popular medieval play about Adam and Eve was a paradise tree, a fir tree hung with apples that represented the Garden of Eden. So it's kind of, I guess, a biblical thing. Hmm. Huh. First Christmas tree, while many tied to the ancient pagan ritual, the first documented Christmas trees originated during the Middle Ages in Germany. It has ties to the Garden of Eden. It's funny when you think about how commercialized Christmas has become. And then you yeah. realize like at the end of the day, like in Christmas, it's funny when you think of Christmas tree, it's a tree and you decorate it, which is actually kind of a silly thing. Like you want to yes. go out normally and like decorate your trees before right. Christmas, but like everybody does it. And there's something about a Christmas tree in a house that just like, I like real Christmas trees. I like the smell. Yeah. I don't mind the needles. You clean them up once when you're yep. done. It's fine. But I think the smell like draws it out. Yes. And there's something about like, a glow of a Christmas tree mm-hmm. at night is just really peaceful. Like you just sit in the house and it's it dark, is. but if you put a Christmas tree up now, it's brighter. It's not as like dark. 
but it's just something about it. Just, I don't know if it's like warmer or if it's just the idea of like we like light because we, you know, we don't want to be in a pitch black room. Right. I don't know if it's, but I just feel it's a very comforting thing to like look over and just see the glow of a Christmas tree. I agree. I love the way like the light hits the needles and you see these cool reflections on the wall from there. Or when it goes on and the ceiling and it yes. kind of looks like a sky. Yes. Um, do you think that that is a human thing or do you think that there's a nostalgic level as a kid from that? I think there's some sort of nostalgia to it because it's got to be. Even even if not as a from being a kid, but just I mean, even just watching those crazy Christmas movies and the like the Grinch stealing the Christmas yeah, tree, like it's such a it's centerpiece. Such a thing. Yeah, I I think is there. I mean, Santa maybe for Christmas, but I think the Christmas tree is more symbolic of Christmas than anything else. Mm-hmm. Santa's there, but like everybody's got Christmas trees, and like you gather yes. around the Christmas tree, and there's yes. presents, and it's like you usually put it in a very like uh, 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 you put it in a pretty prominent part of your home, whether that's in your front window or someplace where everybody's going to yes. see it. It's not like you're like, I'm going to put it in a room nobody Hide goes it. in. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think Christmas, like, it, that's something like when you're a kid and, and you said you have some kids. Mm-hmm. A couple, yeah, two. so mm-hmm. two boys. So if you looked at it now as a parent back to when you were little, like, I don't think like the magic of Christmas or the Christmas, like, I think it's actually more fun now mm-hmm. as an adult. Yeah. Because like, like it's just fun seeing the kids get so excited. And I yes. still get that like it's Christmas morning tomorrow. Yes. Even though I'm not like running under to go see the Christmas yeah. tree. But I actually try to get up now to see my kids' reactions. Yes. So I do wake up early just to see that. Yes. I get, uh, wake up earlier every year though. So it gets hard. <laughs> I, I always, I still have trouble sleeping on, falling asleep on Christmas night. It's like, oh, it's going to be so exciting it's, tomorrow. You know, just. The joy of it all, and it's so fun. Like you said, seeing their faces, even though my kids are a little older now, but so you lose some of that. But they're still, they still have excitement, and I, um, there's just something about like sitting all around. I, yeah, in your pajamas. I, you're in your pajamas now. This is like as I've gotten older. It's like now. It's like I get a cup of coffee. I have my pajamas on. We're just chilling. There's mm-hmm. no like rush. Mm-hmm. Everybody's together. There's boxes and crap all over the place. You see reactions. I also like. Me and my wife, like I like seeing gifts I give her because a lot of it's like, oh, I'm going to get her this year. Like she's going to love this one or whatever. And I find that there's still like, there's a level of excitement on that. Yes. More, even more so than when you're a kid. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's a different excitement. But I think now it's more full circle where you can appreciate it more than I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Which is fun. Well, and it's, I think it's that act of giving, right? And how good yes. that feels to make someone else feel good. Which it does tie back to by philanthropy work, doesn't it? Right? So you're full circle. This is like yes. Christmas trees so that you can think in the giving mood and then you think of giving, you think of CBPH <laughs> and then we give again. You have to keep carrying so, business so you can keep doing a Christmas tree farm. It's a, <laughs> some folks, this is it, buy a Christmas tree. Um, yeah, I, 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 no, I think it's cool. So what, what's the hardest part about Christmas tree farming? Uh, the hardest part I would say is in the summer when it's a hot day and you just want to go swim in the lake and you have to go mow. That's kind of stinky. And then the other part is the Mary wreath making is extremely popular and I just cannot fit in everybody who wants to do it. And I hate telling people no. So having to say no to people. How, how many people can you bring on in a typical day? Um, or do you have like time slots? Like, I have time slots. Like two hours or so? It's generally around two hours. Yeah. So on the weekends that I do them, I'll have one at one o'clock and four o'clock. We did at a second room. So we can do two parties at once. So um, Sunday I had a, one at one o'clock and three o'clock and four o'clock. 
and just work the different rooms or I had my kid help out or sometimes I'll have my sister-in-law or my friend Rachel help out. Um, well, the other thing too is like you're mentally on for that time, so it's tiring. Yeah. Because not like, yeah. I mean, you're there having a good time, but you're also like directing traffic. And right, just like right. Like, okay, what do you need? What, you know? Like, or having, having eggnog and, and <laughs> chatting chat next door. Right. Um, do you find that having a Christmas tree farm, has that elevated your Christmas spirit or has it maybe made Christmas feel more like work? Um, I would say it has extended my Christmas spirit <laughs> because like, you could start earlier. And honestly, the last few years, once tree sales are pretty much done, you know, a, couple, a week or two before Christmas, the tree sales slowed down. No one's making reads because they've all got them. And so there were a few times that my husband and I were sitting in the barn, like waiting for people to come and like, no one's coming because they're already ready. And so we're like, oh, it's kind of over for us. And so, so it's, it's about a what? Sad. About a three week sprint or three for to four tree weeks? Tree sales. Yeah, usually three to four. Like yeah. three are really busy and then it's kind of quiet after. Um, it was like when I, I had the uh, the girls from Roll Sorchard on and they said the same thing like Halloween, like September, yeah. October. It is just like nuts. All the, all the, you know, uh, the classes coming and just you mm-hmm. know, people from the cities coming up and. They basically said, like, you won't see us. Like, we're yeah. just, like, living there. But it's, like, a short period. Like I said, it's all yeah. seasonal businesses. But um, I don't know. Christmas tree stuff's fun. Um, what's your thoughts on artificial trees? Uh, they're only good if you're allergic to real trees. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's fair. I, I think there's a there's a place for them. I there's, think there's, yeah. But I, yeah. There's a time and purpose. But a real Christmas tree is a renewable source that produces oxygen and is fully recyclable. You know, I mean, it decomposes back in the earth or um do you, you can feed long, it to goats you know how long it takes because i i throw trees out i keep it's like a graveyard for my christmas trees yeah. i go out the next year and throw it i'm like oh there's the last two from the last two you, years you can have a little fire i know but it, it's see i need i i have i probably could i live more in like a little community so i feel like like oh. lighting up a bunch of trees i'd probably <laughs> get the neighbors over which yeah there you go then you'd be okay but uh and then i i drop my kids off each day for school and someone like on the side of the road right across the road like just dumped like two christmas trees and I'm like, the fact that you're dumping a Christmas tree right now and it's like mid-November at the time, I'm like, where what? were these? Did you just like pull these out of your basement and yeah. they're now putting them on the side what? of the road? City of Plattsburgh. Like, I'm, I, so I was shocked. I'm, I'm like, I could expect this in two months from now, you know, first week of January and you have them on the side of the road. But yeah, I don't know who's picking those things up. But That's a strange time frame. Do, do the city pick those? Or does I think the city? so. I think they pick they up Christmas trees? Sure. Probably not mid-November, though. No. I feel they're just like, well, you're a little bit... Yeah, well, like, whoa, slow down. Like, yeah. yes, you got ticket one and two. Yeah. We will definitely pick yours up, but this is, <laughs> this is early. Um, do you have any plans, again, regarding Christmas trees of potentially... Um, you want to make it, like I said, as you're planting trees, are you trying to expand the amount of trees you have? Mm-hmm. Um, how much more space do you have to, like, tap out the amount of space? Like, how many more trees could you plant? Or anything else? Like, any plans yeah. on future mm. yeah we have um quite a few acres that are that my brother will pay um and so lots of opportunity to grow so we try to we're going to try to plant probably 800 to 1, trees a year knowing that wow the survival rate will be probably 60 percent or something for us so um wow so that's what we would aim for and then we're looking at you know adding blueberries or garlic or trying to find some other things to plant that could be um interesting to grow and uh and fun to try to you know is that your whole family yes oh nice so they're all involved in the business yes um 
So if you had, let's say you plant a thousand, six hundred survive. Mm-hmm. Those six hundred, that, that's not necessarily they're selling every year. It's just next year they'll be a little bit bigger. Right. Okay. So yeah. And when do you? At what point would you sell a tree? Like if if a tree is only going for like two or three years, and someone wants a little tree, you would sell that. Yeah, it's not my favorite thing to sell, but okay. yes. All right. So so you like to sell the more mature, like yeah. six, seven, eight foot trees. Yep. Um, what's the standard Christmas tree size? It's about six and a half, seven yeah, feet, just it. because yep. of ceiling height. Yep. I find as I've gotten older, I actually prefer the look of a smaller, tighter tree that like fits the space better. Yep. Sometimes you just want to like get this biggest tree you can fit. And I'm like, it does like disproportionately to the ceiling and the way it fills out. I know this is weird, but it's almost like too big for the space. And sometimes yes. if you narrow it down, it just looks like it fits better. Yes. So I've, I've noticed I've been going more like six foot, almost to the point where it's a, I'm short, but it's like a little bit taller than me and not to the point where I can't put like an angel on top. Yeah. And the or tricky part star. is that out in the field, the trees don't look as big. So correct. Yeah. Like you, you know, stand next to it and measure it. People are like, you don't have very big trees. I'm like, that's an eight foot tree. You don't realize. <laughs> I always know I can put my hand up. <clears throat> my tippy toe, like my fingers are seven feet. So I'm yeah. like, that is by far the max. Right. Because I, you know, eight foot ceiling or whatever, but. Um, now something like this, what, that's just a cross. Mm-hmm. So you guys change up the style of a wreath too? Yes. They're, they're Are, different shapes and things. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty it's big a, place. It's a family affair. Yep. Oh, these all like family? That's my brother, my niece. That's our friend Boone. That's my sister-in-law. Oh, I'm Boone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's right. Yeah. Van. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. Great too. Oh, yeah. He's a big help and his wife Rachel is awesome. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel's great too. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that the Rachel who said that's your buddy, your friend? Yes. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes. There she is. Yeah, there she is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is so cool. So, oh, look at all the ribbons you guys have. Yes. Do kids go and make stuff too? Uh, sometimes they'll come with their parents and help make some. Um, we have folks who will call and say, can I come in on the weekend and um, while you're open and, you know, we'll, I can make a wreath with my kid or something. I'm like, sure, just come in and do that. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. There's, there's some good people there. I mean, you see, yes. you see all these people that go and... Uh... Yes. See, there's Christmas tree shapes and uh, candy canes and... Tammy getting festive. That Tammy like... getting festive, yep. That's how... <laughs> Tammy and Vicky getting festive. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so total total side note, What what's your... Well, not really what... Christmas, but not Christmas tree related. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite part of Christmas? I think it's just that everyone's in a really good mood and really happy um, and you get to spend time with your family and your friends and celebrate being together. The, the So our families, we have like unique situations. So my birthday is Christmas Eve oh. and my my son is Christmas Day. Oh my yeah, gosh. Not, not planned. He came early. But that was... Uh, <laughs> wow. But I, I always... Because people always say like Christmas. I said, if you double it up with the birthday, I said... People are always like, oh, that must suck during your Christmas. And I think at ne- at there's never a point where I hated where my birthday was at. Yeah. Because it's like, again, I always just joke. I'm like, it's the only time I've ever known to have a birthday. But <laughs> when when you as you get older, you realize like people never forget your birthday. Right. And then number two is everybody's in a good mood. And then number three is typically you have people traveling in. So I get to typically see my like siblings or I get to see, um, you know, at this point, like my wife's you know, brothers out of town, he usually comes up. So we usually get to see 
out of town people awesome more yeah so i'm like i i always like that aspect like you said i think you hit the nail on the head like i like all the other stuff but it's mm-hmm. just like everybody's just like a cheery mood yeah and it's like i think as as you build up some people get stressed out for christmas i'm not a stressed out person i'm always like this is just fun yes like just just roll with the punches yes. and just like have a good time my husband's in the um auto world of work and he would always have to deal with co- people coming in and they're you know, upset because their car is not ready yet or the bill costs too much or whatever the case is. So he's like always on guard, like, oh, how's this going to go? And then when we, the first few years we had the tree farm, he was like, oh, everyone's so happy. This is amazing. <laughs> I think someone's mad about it. Can you just take a little off the bottom? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, no, that's that's great. Now, you said before we came on on uh, online, Ted Lasso, I've, I've talked about oh, this yeah. before. What I was going to say to you, because I didn't, um, I didn't finish this, and I think this has nothing to do with Christmas tree farms. It was just our conversation before. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say on that is I think that they're going to do a spinoff with a Richmond women's team. Because mm. at the last, because this is I, I found at the very, number one, Ted Lasso, if you guys haven't seen it, it's only what, three, four seasons? Three, no, three seasons. Three seasons, yeah. It's only like 30 episodes. Um, the story arc of that is one of the most brilliant I've ever seen because it's not a very complex show. No. It's not like Game of Thrones. No. Like you don't need a map. It's uh, very yes. like, right. you can understand that, it. Yeah. Um, but there's so many layers to a very simplistic theme of the show. Like mm-hmm. there's basically an American that goes over and coaches in English. Well, yeah, he's in the EPL, English Premier League soccer. And you think like, okay, whatever. And then when you start like pulling back the layers of all the people and how intricate their storylines actually yes. are. But at the very end was... Keely went and put something down on the table where it was like she kind of slid it out about a woman's club on the last episode. Oh. And I think what what you're going to see is I think you're going to see Ted is going to go home. He's mm-hmm. done. And I think the other characters are going to take it off. And you're going to see potentially like Roy or someone go into the woman's game, which would then have a dynamic. And then you're going to see a woman's team come up, which is going to be maybe a new start. And they're going to you know kind of show the rise of that. And then probably still keep the players of the men's team and kind of have the dynamics between the two teams. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it's going to go. I think it's I so good so. that you can't like – it just feels like a they, – they did it well. They ended on a great note. Yes. But then you're like, oh, man, they left some things that are just dangling there yes, for storylines. Like, oh, please make this into something else. I think that's the best. Roy Kent's probably my favorite character. Yes. But he's imagine him here, taking – He's there. <laughs> so I, I was down at Saratoga. And let me see if I can find this because I don't even know if this is a real shirt. Roy Kent – t-shirt so this i hope it comes up i hope no man i'm gonna keep talking until i find it all the whistles so this we're at saratoga this Mm -hmm. guy goes walking by me and he's got a shirt i'm just seeing if the if it has it because no i'm not seeing the act the exact one so i almost wonder if he made this or someone made it for him so it was kind of along the style of so for people who don't know Ted Lasso, the crowd starts chanting this guy, this player, who's kind of like aging older at this point, but he was like a all-star player in his younger days. So they always say, he's here, he's there, he's ev- every F and where, and then it goes Roy Kent. And that's like the chant, and they sing it. And the whole crowd sings it. So you imagine like European soccer, English people. So it's similar to something like this, but it's like, it said he's and there was an arrow pointing this way and then it goes okay. he's and then the other way and then he's and it was like a rounded circle like this and like if you didn't know the show you <laughs> never would have got it and i remember and this was like a middle-aged dude probably like 50 walking down with the shirt and i'm looking at him like 
Oh my God, that's brilliant. And I don't know how many people actually know this guy as a shirt. They're probably like, oh, I don't understand that what shirt. It's like it? code. But it was 100% Roy Kent. Awesome. So I can't, I, it's not there, which makes me wonder or makes me think someone probably just made it for him. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like Ted Lasso. I don't watch a lot of shows, but like like this, that, I would eat that shirt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just great. What, what other shows do you watch? You guys like big TV people? Uh, not me. I watch a lot of Food Network and HGTV. Really? Are yeah. you a cooker? Uh, a cooker. A Are you cooker. a chef? <laughs> no. chef? Also known as a chef. <laughs> a cook, cooker sounds like you're Breaking Bad. Like, no, you're not cooking. Like <laughs> what a chef. What do you cook it? Yeah. <laughs> I like to watch people cook. I, I like cooking, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are you being modest or are you actually a good cook? Oh, I, um, it, things are usually edible. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, your family's still alive. And yes. So, okay. no, no one's been hospitalized. <laughs> your family eats the food. Yeah. That's why I was like, my wife or myself make food. We're like, at least someone's eating the yes. food. The kid's a little pickier now. But yeah. um, I, I think the my, so when you do food, actually, uh, let me go back. So obviously you have the day to day of like tonight, like, oh, I got to like make food. It's like a chore. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have times where you take a day or an evening or just like say I'm making a meal tonight? Uh, yeah, there are times where I'm like, okay, I really want to make something awesome. And, like, like get a bottle of wine, you're just yes. chilling, you're having... Yeah, it's fun. Okay. And then for the other nights, like, especially during this time of year, um, I'm in the barn most nights because I have a wreath party every night. So I oh. order HelloFresh boxes okay. and one of my kids will cook it because the instructions are all there, the ingredients are that's... all there. And how old are, how old are they? Uh, 17 and 12, uh, 17 and 14. Oh, that's cool. Are they both yeah. cooked? Uh, yeah, more, more so the 17 year old, but cool. the 14 year old will get into Most kids don't bit. know how to cook, like don't grow up learning how to cook. Yeah. So like when they have that skill set, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. The 17 year old Luke, he really likes cooking. And yeah. one day over the summer he made, um, chicken Parmesan. He beat out the chicken, he breaded it, he fried it. He, he and, um, Jacob made the pasta from mm-hmm. scratch. He made the tomato sauce. It was amazing. <laughs> And that must be nice as a parent being like, what? Dinner's it done. It was awesome. The dishes on the other oh, hand. Yeah. Like, it, oh. I, so I've, 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 I've heard this before and I've thought about this. If you could hire out one thing in your life to be done, what would it be? I just need someone to clean my house. Clean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking if I had to pick, it would be cooking. Oh, really? But You're I'm not like a any, big fan. Yeah. No, no. I, I like cooking. My... I would say the cooking process. Oh, okay. So like I would like someone each day to cook something, something good. Not like <clears throat> I don't want like something you'd have at the Super Bowl or something. Like I mean like I try to eat pretty good. So like <laughs> like decent like A nice, healthy, healthy meals where I don't meal. have to mm-hmm. – I like cooking. It's just time-wise. It's like prepping. So then if you're rushing, you kind of skimp on quality. So yes. I'm like someone that could cook, make it. I just have to show up and I can eat it and I know it's like a good meal. And then a bonus would be cleaning. Yeah. But I think that whole thing, if I had to hire anybody out, would be some type of chef to do prep work, mostly for dinner. Yeah. I think most people, like, you eat the same thing usually for breakfast and lunch or a variation yeah. of it. Um, but So you think just cleaning top to bottom? Yes. That'd does that include, like, doing laundry and folding and dishes and all that? Uh, I don't mind laundry or okay. folding the clothes to the point where – Sometimes I wish other people would fold the clothes, but they don't do it right. So they can't. I have to do it. <laughs> so, There's a lot of ways to fold the, clothes. 
there's right ways and wrong ways. <laughs> there's Carrie's way and there's the yes. wrong way. So um, I, I was watching this other documentary, is, um, David Beckham documentary. Oh, that? Yeah, I watched that. Did you watch that? it? Yeah, that was good. Okay. So I don't, I don't have to bring it up. Did you see his closet? Yes. How he was folding the, I mean, one, he's got yes. massive OCD, like off the charts, like oh. clinical OCD. But I mean, I, I, I love David Beckham, but um, when he was folding his short or shirts, like sweaters or something. Yeah. And he had it where they were layered. So I want to see if I can get an image of this. Yes. Yeah. So everything is one. I'm colorblind, so this would I would have a very hard oh. time under like, I can see like, I can see colors, but sometimes when he's going by like shades, I'm like, oh god, I'm you can't so bad. Tell the difference. But because <clears throat> I was looking at this, I'm like, he rolls his stuff and like stacks them, which is brilliant because then you actually see where they are in relation yes. to. They're not stacked. On, I mean, I'm yeah. I stack them. Yeah. So if I want the shirt that's all the way down. I have to like thumb through the shirts to grab it. I really yeah. should. It's like the 80-20. I should just get rid of 80% of my clothes because I wear the same things I over know. and over. I know. We all do. Yes. But it's like maybe at one day, at one holiday party, I might actually wear that sweater. No, you're not. Yeah. But so, but this right here was like, I don't know how he does this because I feel like it would be offset because this would be higher and that would be lower. So basically what he does is he folds his shirts very neatly and he says he does it himself. Yeah. I wish I was like. Couldn't believe. Yeah. And then, but it's folded where he can actually look down and see a, right. a sliver of each color so he can grab the one he wants. But I'd feel like then you would have it like up like this. He must have to restack. I wonder if he has like some kind of, like, I wonder if he has like a wedge underneath that lift him up. So oh. as he's stacking them or whatever direction that would be, it would actually be the back way where he lays them down, but it ends up looking straight when he stacks them, but they're all tiered. Cause I saw Ooh. that. I'm like, one, that's cool. I have a I have a mild OCD. Not I mean I'm not like this, but that's amazing. But this is uh I I was like, and he's like someone touched something, like yes. he did, like he yeah. even knew that he knew yes. But I, I just I thought it was fascinating how he folded his sweaters, which I know yes. is a weird thing. And I'm like the documentary had nothing to do with clothes; it was all soccer. But no, this was like a minute it, segment. And I was yeah, like, but the, it was so interesting to see that piece of his life and like wow, that's when, that's when you talk you... about like people that do closet organization, yeah. like some things are brilliant. I I like. I like efficiency in my life. So I like things that are efficient in everything I do because I hate wasted effort. Yeah. And a lot of it was like when you said the, the plow going down instead of plant, hand planting a thousand of them and it took 75% of the time off. Like to me, that would be like a no brainer. Mm -hmm. So then when I look at even just closet stuff or space, like how can I make stuff where it's best use of function? Yeah. Maximize. So, yeah. The maximize space. the space and limit, you know, wasted space. And mm -hmm. so I'm always... I like looking at, I mean, I don't do this, but like in closet form, but I do it in a lot of other stuff, but I, I always find it really cool. Like that's, I like that. That's easy to get to, or that's, that's just a nice layout. Yes. I also think this is like these trinkets look pretty, but to me that's dust collecting. Agreed. I'm also a practical person. I feel like I could just fill that space with other things, like more clothes. <laughs> oh, see that? Yeah. So that depends what you fill it up with. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's just like stuff. I'd be like, that's just for sure, which is cool. Like I go in my office and I have like a tiered shelf of all the trinkets that I get from people. And I just mm -hmm. throw it up there because I'm like, it's useless. Like I'm yeah. not going to use them, but it's cool just Sentimental. to have them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like half of them, if you told me like, there's probably nothing on that shelf that I would like really want, but I'm like, it looks cool and I have no place else to put it. So I yeah. just put it up on the shelf. Yeah. It's there. It floats. So it's good. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Style, clothes and stuff. I, I like that. But um, so Carrie, any other fun stories you want to tell? Fun facts or question, <laughs> questions you'd like to be asked. <laughs> oh, I, there, there was, this would, this would actually be, um, 
I want to see if because the, there was there's a couple different ones where it like gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see if I can figure this out. So I don't know who Victor Victor Chang. Where did that come from? Oh, I think because I clicked on Google and it brought me here. Oh, so it must be somebody. Oh, popular. gotcha. This or that scenario. Scenarios. So this was something. Yes, perfect. So this kind of stuff. This because this, this brings out a person's personality, and I like I like to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Fu- funny this or that questions. This or that for adults. Okay. This be fun. We never done this before, so we're gonna try it. <laughs> I come up with random stuff about my head because I was just thinking about this. Would you rather have a bad haircut or a bad dye job? A bad haircut. Okay. Like Does dye grow. fix it? Um. I don't, I don't like, I don't know. I don't dye my hair, so it scares me. I, I like the color that it is, so I feel like a haircut will grow out faster. So you'd rather have a bad, bad haircut? I'd rather have a bad haircut. Same. I, I don't want to dye my hair. Yeah. Pineapple pizza or candy corn? Pineapple pizza. This is so easy. I love pineapple pizza. Yeah. I hate candy corn. Would that you... is actually the easiest one. Oh, I love candy corn. Talk, but... Talking pets or talking babies? I don't even... Um. Hmm. I don't know. I think talking babies. Why I, would talking pets? That's weird. It's weird. I have a puppy right now, and if, if that puppy talked, he when he gets really hyper, it could be really intense if he was talking. So I don't think I want that. I would that. take babies. Yeah. I'm not a pet guy. I'm allergic to them, so I don't like them. Oh, man. Yeah. Winning the lottery or finding your soulmate? Oh, I mean, I guess you want to find your soulmate. I would say soulmate. Yeah. I don't really care about money. I like. I would want a person. Yeah. Um, that's what's going to make you happy. Yeah. They take money. That's always say they could take money from me. You can't take the Beatles. You can't buy me love. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Can't buy me love. Whatever. Yeah. Good. I, I like. I know where you're going. Okay. Uh, misquoted movies or mistaken lyrics. Uh, I don't know. What do you pick? I mistaken both of them. So, <clears throat> I I actually would say, I can. I usually make more mistakes on lyrics because of yes. how they're they're enunciated by the singer. Yeah. And then when you actually read through the lyrics, you're like. A, that's what that word was, and B, holy crap, I didn't realize like the actual like poem or yes. theme of the song. Yes. Um, especially even songs I've listened to hundreds of times. I'm like, I'm gonna see what they actually say in that. I'm like, oh, this is a really upbeat song, but this is a really depressing like Yeah, like, lyric. Oh, that is so not what I was singing. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, great beat. So um <laughs> and then misquoted movies, I actually always misquote the movie, but I get the the scenario out enough where it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. But I, I would say I'm more spot on to the theme of that than the lyric. The lyrics of the song, I'll sing and I'm like, that's not even close to yeah. what it is. I'm not good at uh memorizing movie quotes, but my sister in law, she's amazing at it. She she'll be like, Oh, you know that part in the movie where they said blah, 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 blah. I was like, What? Some people have like I, almost like a uh photographic memory of stuff. I have yeah. to watch the movie if I've seen the movie a lot of times, I can quote it. I can quote The Office. I watch The Office like background noise. Um, test the waters or dive in the deep end? Oh, dive in the deep end. You're that kind of person? Yes. You just have to rip off the band-aid and go in. I'm kind of hit or miss depending on what it is. Mm, depending on yeah. what the risk reward would be, I would yeah, I would true, be. True. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably, I'm probably more test the waters and dive in the deep end. Interesting. But I've grown more to deep end as I've gotten older. Okay. So... Not, not, fully, not fully in the deep end. My clothes are still, <laughs> still getting wet. Glass half full or glass half empty? Half full. Full. Same. Right. I was would have guessed that. Yeah. I'm not. So it was funny. I heard, someone said an optimist says glass half full, a pessimist says glass half empty, and engineer says glass is twice as big as it should be. So <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, eight. Ketchup, ketchup or ranch? Mayonnaise. Ooh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Mayonnaise. What do you put mayonnaise on? Everything. 
I mean, it's good. We say everything. I, I do like turkey sandwich, or I put it in like tuna, or just on bread, like a mayonnaise sandwich. What's on a mayonnaise sandwich? Just mayonnaise and bread. Yeah. Is that really what it is? Yes, it's so good. That's all you need. Is it toasted or just? No, it doesn't have to be. Really? Yeah. Huh. As long as it's Hellman's. Yep. Hellman's. Okay. Oh, you're specific. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) I was going to say ketchup. Okay. For me, it's more universal. I like both, but I would say ketchup. Uh, Even though I had carrots and ranch dip the other day, it was good. Yeah, that is good. I I like vegetables and ranch dip. Um, Phone in bathroom or no phone in bathroom? No. Yes. I think, every, you, I think every guy would say do yes. you? Oh, you say you do want one? A phone in the bathroom? I always yeah. have my phone in the bathroom. You do? Now, now, I also like when I'm getting ready or taking a shower, I'm usually listening to an audio uh, podcast, audio book, or music. Oh, okay. I, sometimes I'll listen or I'll watch a YouTube video while I'm getting ready. And then when I hop in the shower, I put music on. Oh, I very okay. rarely take a shower without music on. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking on your phone the whole time that you're in the bathroom. I mean, I could do that too. I think every guy you would did. probably be like that. Yeah. <gasps> Have Girls ever... go to the bathroom much quicker than guys do. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Your husband, that... I guarantee you, goes to the bathroom longer than you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even singling out your husband. I'm just saying <laughs> he's your general. husband. Exactly. And I also find as I've gotten older, too, it's a escapism from kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm still in the bathroom. Like, sometimes I'm like, I'm just like, I'm doing stay. stuff I need to do. Like, I'm reading something. I'm like, because it's fo- more focused. <laughs> yeah. It's like a phone booth. It's quieter. Yes. Um, sort by price or by rating. Uh, depends on the item. Okay. Uh, kind of, I sort by price and then by rating. I suppose that's how I do it. I actually do the opposite. Really? I sort by rating mm-hmm. and then it gives me a gauge of what the prices are and then I go from there. Oh. Because I always want to have the best rating. Yes. Price is not always, I don't care if it's high or low, I care if the value's there. Right. So I always yeah. go rating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so that would be like this, then that. Sauce on the side or sauce on top? Both. I, love I think some. it depends on what it is. I like, mayonnaise. I like condiments. Just, <laughs> just chucking on the top. <laughs> I, I would say on top. But that's I something know. as I've gotten older, transition more to on top than on the side. As a kid, you don't want anything mixed. Right. You didn't want it to, yeah, you wanted to have control, make sure you like it. Yeah. I guess it depends too. Because sometimes I've gotten more into, instead of dipping french fries, I've just put it all on top and ate it with a fork. I'm, all, I'm a texture guy. I don't like things in my hands. Oh. I'm not a germaphobe, but I don't like... Um, I don't like the feeling of like oil. I don't like the feeling like I don't like sunscreen. Yeah. I don't like Vaseline. Oh. I don't like Vicks. I put it on my kids or put it on myself. Yeah. I like I gotta wash my hands. It's like greasy stuff. If I cook, yes. I wash my hands so much when I cook or wipe them off. You shouldn't make wreaths. Lots no. of pine pitch. I, I would hate it. Yeah. I wear gloves to put the tree up because I hate getting all the pine on my hands. <laughs> I'm not joking. There's, I have some kind of like complex about like stuff on my hands that is like sticky. You know what it is? Because if you have like greasy hands and you touch something, that yeah. grease is not going to come off. Right. So then I'm like, you got a big, I, I know this is weird. Have you had a lot of messes in your, <laughs> no, your I life just, or what? <laughs> it was funny. One of the things I hate most in life is glitter. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I laid down one time to take a nap. And I woke up and my sisters had like spilled glitter on this. I didn't see it. It was dark and I laid down. I woke up and had glitter like all the way down inside <laughs> my face. And... Uh, I just hate it. And when it's like on my fingers, I try to like get it off and it sticks. Yes. I'm not a glitter person. No. So <laughs> it's hard to do. If you give me a glitter card, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> like there's some things in not life. It's like I'm a weird, but like I don't, I'm a, stuff on my hands I don't like, <laughs> which is, but I'm not a germaphobe. All right. Glitter or pine pitch? <sighs> oh God. <laughs> I would actually say I prefer glitter. I feel like glitter would be easier to get off because pine, you got to like really rub it off and it's so sticky. A hand sanitizer doesn't. 
Easily? Yes. Oh, then maybe pine. Yeah. Okay, maybe pine. Yeah. And then you'll have clean hands after. Huh. And the thing is, I don't put a lot of hand sanitizer on. I really don't. I'm not like a wash my hands because I'm like a germaphobe. Yeah. I wash it because there's texture the on it. It bothers me. Yeah. Yes. Um, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Definitely smooth. I use smooth more often, but I like crunchy. Interesting. Yeah, I know it's weird. Zombies or vampires? Oh, vampires. I guess I don't care for either, but vampires. I mean, not like I just don't. I'm not like a sci-fi. Funny story or one-liner? Hmm. Ooh. Ooh, that's tough. Oh. I think a one-liner if it's delivered well, yeah, is funny. But yeah, I think a funny story is more memorable. I think I'm more of a one-liner. I deliver uh, more one-liners than I do. Oh, this one's tough. Would you rather have bad breath or body? Odor? <gasps> I'm gonna say bad breath. Yeah. I feel you can hide it better. Yeah, you could just body odor is disgusting. It's just it, it permeates the room. Yeah. Yeah, bad breath. You could just stop talking. Maybe get some gum. Working hard or hardly working? Uh, I mean, I feel like I have a funny line on this, or okay. what I think would be funny. What's that? I would love to work really hard to the point where I'm hardly working. Ooh. So that's like what I always work towards is like, how can I increase my output by limiting my input? Yeah. So it's the efficiency model. But I would always say like my goal is to go to hardly working. But I think at that point, it wouldn't be necessarily not working. It's just working on stuff I want to work on. So then yes. it feels like I'm hardly working. Yes. I like that. But I want to work hard too. Like I want, I'm someone that does not want to win the lottery because I feel like that just like ruined the, the journey to get there okay I've, I've like literally i've said like if i win the lottery like i no i've never won the lottery so i haven't done this but my thought would be i would donate a lot of it i'd probably donate almost all of it to the, the foundation, foundation. So, i'm not actually you. when i actually <laughs> i'm not joking my if i ever really won a big lottery thing majority of the money that i get from that is going to me which would be the hospital is one of them i've always i've like i already have in my mind of where that money would go I don't think yes. I'd ever win. The hospital is because you're not even buying a ticket, really, right? <laughs> I bought it for like big ones when it's yeah. like when you hear the Powerball being like on, it's like it's a billion dollars. I'm like, well, I'll buy one. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't. I ever. I never really gamble. I never really play the lottery. No. I do scratch offs at Christmas because people yeah. give them to me. Mm -hmm. I, like I'm not a gambler. No. But I also like my my thing is if I, yeah, I I think it just takes away from like if I'm gonna if I could somehow win three hundred million dollars, like I would rather say I earn three hundred million. Than want it. Right, it's more meaningful. More meaningful. Yeah, because money's not really meaningful. It's more. It's it's the journey to get. To me, it's like what you the skills you learn to get the money, not necessarily mm -hmm. the money. Yeah, the money's like kind of a, a you know fake pie in the sky thing. Um, guacamole or salsa? Guacamole. Yeah, I'm gonna say guacamole. Okay, we're gonna just do a couple more. Okay. Speeding ticket or parking ticket? <laughs> Speeding ticket. Yeah, I think you just you earned it. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I want to go to like really like deep ones where I don't know. Some of these are a store where every item is free or a restaurant where every dish is calorie free. Oh, definitely a calorie free restaurant. That I think that's where I would go. I would have to think about this. <laughs> Food would be awesome because you yeah. have the you have the satisfaction. But here's the thing: you can. 
I go to constraints. So you could only eat so much. Right. And then, which is fine, which would be cool. Um, and then I think, and it, uh, this says restaurant. You obviously need calories to serve. I know this is weird, but this is where my brain goes. But I think every, a store where every item is free, in my mind, that could technically mean you could really have whatever you want. Like you're going to take home the table. I'm thinking. Is that like, what you mean? I'm thinking like now. This doesn't. I'm thinking like a house. Like, say you wanted to buy, you bought a piece of land and you wanted to put up a house, but you need someone to put the house up, so the labor may not be free. Mm-hmm. This is tough, but I also I would say food. Yeah, I guess I'd say food. I don't like buying a lot of stuff, but I just feel like you could buy anything and be like, "That's cool." Just to say you have it. Just to it. say you have it, right? But like, I kind of want that. I'm like, I can just there. It's yours, right? And like food, I feel like you, you could regulate food. I don't know. That's tough. It is tough. Because the store might have some really good stuff in it. <sighs> Here's another one. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Oh, rich and unknown. I 100%. Would I'd love to be rich and not see people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I like people, but I don't want to be, I don't want to, I would never want a famous life. Yeah. Um. Let me see if there's. Oh, money or oh, a favor? I think I would rather owe a favor. I don't know why. Something about owing money is like, ugh. I hate owing money. Hmm, that's a tough one. Favor. Because I think a favor, if you don't know what the favor is, it's like undefined. Where money, the only thing undefined about money is the amount. Right. True. So it could be like a lot of money and you're like, okay, well, how would I get that amount of money? Then like the mafia comes after you. But a favor could be something like something maybe you don't want to do. It's almost like truth or dare. Right. Yeah, there's got to be limits on it. Yeah, like truth or dare, like it depends on like, I guess like what you want to tell the truth about. But usually like truth's easier. If you have nothing to hide. If you have nothing to hide. Yeah. So then some people are like, I don't want to tell the truth. So I'm like, they have something to hide. Yeah. They, right. They like, ooh, what have you got going on? What's in your closet? Be embarrassed or be afraid? Oh, I think I, oh, I've been embarrassed plenty of times. Uh, I think I'd rather be embarrassed. Be embarrassed. Because I Because embarrassed is in your head. They're both in your yeah, head. Yeah. But afraid, like, I don't want to be afraid that something bad's going to happen. Yeah, you go to extremes. Yes. Yeah, because embarrassed is really just yourself. Yeah. So I think that's 100%. There's really no ramifications of being embarrassed. Like, it's your level. Scared, like, there could be a bad outcome. Right. So I would probably say embarrassed. We've kind of already talked about this. Cooking or being cooked for? Oh, yeah. I like cooking. I think I would. I would. I love cooking, but if someone could cook for me. (laughs) We know your answer. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um... Attend a party or host a party? I like to host them. I would attend. I don't host parties. I'm not good at hosting parties. I would love to be the guy that could host a party. I just, I not, it doesn't come easy to me. I like putting the thought in like, what are people going to want and like and have, you know, fun hors d'oeuvre and a signature cocktail and, you know, what kind of decorations can we have? That sort of thing. Yeah, more, more of a planner. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, there, I think those are, wait. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This is awesome. 
Carrie, I might be onto something. I, I like this doing these with fun. people. I get to learn people about dirty this or that questions. They're not actually dirty. This is literally cleaning oh, like questions. Literally. <laughs> these are cleaning questions. I just saw it. I'm like, this what are these? This goes to the glitter or the fine vintage. The, uh, <laughs> if you really want to tell the truth and be embarrassed, Carrie, we'll do those. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, it's like, do you want to clean the, gar- the, the, the toilet or clean the sink? Um, there was a couple hard this or that questions. I want those. I think that would be... You want to be the smartest person in the world or the richest person in the world? Mm. I guess I would say both come with their problems. I mean, if you're smart, if you're the smartest person in the world, you'll be able to figure out how to have enough money to do what you want to do. If you were the richest person in the world, that's probably just going to bring you lots of problems and headaches. Although even being smart, people are going to ask you a lot of questions and you're going to constantly be having to solve other people's problems. But you can be so smart that you figure out how to coach people to solve their own problems. So, yeah, I think smartest. <laughs> smartest is more – I think overall smartest would is the better answer. I would say richest because like any problem you have can pretty much go away for the most part. Yeah. Obviously health and things like that. But yeah. But I think if you're the smartest person in the world, I can't see the richest person in the world being the dumbest person in the world. And I can't see the smartest person being the poorest person in the world. So there's a variation. But I would say I would rather be the richest because I don't think like smart – you could be the smartest person not and ever be the richest person. Right. But I think if you're the richest person, you don't give a crap if you're the smartest person. That's true. I definitely believe that. Yeah. I would say that. Even though money, I'm not a big – but I'm saying Mm -hmm. I would have that. Oh, this is a tough one. The, the, some of these are hard because save a hundred strangers or one loved one. Oh come on! That's that's up there. Hard this or that. Carrie, that's number two up there. Oh. oh. Oh, these are these are like this is what I was actually going for. The other ones were easy. These are t- these are hard. Oh, I mean, I'm going selfish. I'm saying loved one. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, but I was gonna wait for. I feel to like that's like a Superman <laughs> one. Yes. I feel like Ooh. there's got. I'm like. I get that. I get to save one loved one. Where's those hundred loved ones? They right. get to save each and that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't, but yes. You guys figure it out. <laughs> see the future or change the past? Um, this is easy for me. What would you do? Future. See the future. I could, I, I'm one like whatever I did in the past was meant to be and it should be where I am now. So I would never change it. Because I was saying if you change it, your life would be could be dramatically different than it is now yeah because you may not have met your husband or may not have moved from crown point or maybe right. went into some job you hated yeah i don't think i want to do either do you want to see the future no someone always said like would you want to know the how and when you died i'm like no no exactly which i think is weird I'm like, yeah no. I'm like i'm good no they got like a- let me have that surprise at some point in my <laughs> exactly life. um time machine or magic wand Ooh, magic wand Bippity boppity boo. What would you use the magic wand for, though? Cleaning my house. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's touche. Um, wow. I'm going to say magic wand because I think AI is going to give us time machine capabilities. Mm. I'm going to say magic wand. I think so. Interesting. Yeah. I had this conversation with Matt Boyer, who does the ghost tours. I said, listen, I said, at some point in time, between all written oral written whatever documentation we have throughout history you're going to be able to be because we were talking i think about the civil war you're going to be able to like 
log into like virtual reality glasses and they're going to put you on like the Battle of Gettysburg and you're going to see everything. Right. You're going to see Lincoln walking because mm-hmm. they're going to have so many documentations of how he looked mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to recreate him with his with his voice that's all I would say is going to be pretty darn close to what he sounded like right. even though we have no documentation of it. Yep. And I think you're going to be able to do that any point in human history because of what we have record keeping they're going to re- and AI will be able to create it. Oh and then we're going to be able to put glasses on and go visit that. Your brain goes in so many amazing I, directions. I, I, I sit and think <laughs> a lot about random stuff. I do stuff. not think about. So I, I do wow. think we're going to have time machines, but via that, not physical time machines. Right, got you. Like, It'll be yes. a virtual expansion of yeah, that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, sight or sound, I'm assuming this means deaf or blind. Oh. Uh, that's tough. I'd rather be deaf. And I love music, but I'd rather be deaf. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I want to see I stuff. I really want to see things. And I also think, no, we're just going to go straight deaf or blind, not, not, not where I think medicine's going. I would rather be deaf because you can do sign language too. Yep. You can't recreate um, vision. No. Logic or emotion? Mm. I'm logic. I think I'm very logical. logic's more. the way to go as long as you can think about people's emotions and take them into account. <laughs> I, I I do, but I also weigh like the logic of it mm-hmm. and then try to use persuasion or whatever to have the emotional see the logic. Yeah. Because ultimately, you know, that's the best way. Right. But you got to get over that mental block of somebody with the emotional. Yeah. Because emotions are all mental blocks. Right. And logic is like you can't, it's like black or white. You can't define logic. Up or down. Like it's yeah. A, words or actions. I think actions yeah, are absolutely. better. Yeah, absolutely. They say words are cheap. It's like what you do. It's like what you do, not what you say. Yeah. Passion or stability. Hmm. I'm assuming this means work. I'm I'm gonna say. This is tough. If it's in terms of your job, I mean, you want stability. But what if your stability in your I mean, this could be like your love life too. Do you want passion with someone or you want stability with someone? I don't know. I guess it depends on the framework you use it. Hmm. Do you want? I guess let's say, do you want a passionate life or a stable life? I mean, but then it says that implies though, if you have a passionate life, then you have an unstable life. Right. And does that mean if you have, if you're stable, you're not passionate? It's weird. I'm gonna skip that because I don't like the wording. Because then it implies that the other thing is not there. Yeah. Because they're not like totally against each other. Yeah. I think people say success or happiness. Mm, happiness. I, I'm saying happiness all day yeah. long. And I think if you are happy, then that is successful. Yes. Um, do you want to have... Because mm, a lot of these like skill or popularity, would you rather be very skilled or very popular? But I guess it depends on what you're trying to... Like, do you want a lot of people to like you? Or would you mm-hmm. want to be just... I also think of this in like a, a money standpoint. Do you want to be so popular that you have a lot of clout or whatever or do you want to be so skilled that you're just people just Mm. can't like deny how good you are at something even though Mm. you may not be great likable i like to be liked it's popularity i'd say popular over skill i mean but i think if you're popular that means you have a lot of human connection which is to me more better than having a skill set i would say popular if your skill set is being liked (laughs) <laughs> it's a full circle. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna, we'll do three more. 
Okay. Um, I'm just going to go down through all these. I, I'm kind of cheating because I want to see which ones there are before I pick which ones I want. Yeah. Um, any of that you want to, Carrie, just say, like. Oh, God, some of these are tough. Oh, that's a tough one, too. <laughs> poor and happy or rich and miserable? I mean, I'd say poor and happy. At least you yeah. can feel good in some way. Wow. I might, I'm actually, oh. I might lie. I might, I might double up on a couple of these. Okay. Intense pain for 10 minutes or dull pain for one day? Uh, 10 minutes. Get it over with. Yeah. That's your jumping in the pool or deep, deep end. Yes. Um, this is a... I, I, I would say I don't really care. Misunderstood after death or forgotten after death? Uh, I, I don't know that I want to be forgotten, but at some point we're all going to be forgotten, so... I'd say maybe misunderstood, but I don't really care. I don't think yeah. I do enough that people would be like, oh, that guy was yeah. misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> As much as I probably wish I wasn't, but um, <laughs> false hope or unnecessary anxiety. Uh, ooh. That's a tough one. Yeah. My initial thought was false hope, but then I'm like, wait, sometimes a necessary anxiety means you actually are good, but you have to struggle with that. Exactly. I actually have more unnecessary anxiety than I do false hope yeah. in life. So I'd probably take unnecessary anxiety, even though it sucks. I agree with you. I agree with you. Some of these are like massive success by accident or modest success on purpose. I'd take the accident all day long. Yeah. Because I feel like that's just part right. of the game. Or whatever. Yeah. So this is what, rekindled friendship or rekindled romance? Rekindled friendship. Okay. And and I'm saying if you weren't with your husband right now, oh, not okay. being like my husband, I missed that oh. Mr. guy before. Yeah, he's listening. Go, what uh, the heck? But no, if you had to, if you, let's just say you weren't married or let's say you had, you weren't married, you had someone that you romantic with or you had a friendship that you really liked and you could rekindle one of those i still think friendship i'm gonna say romance okay and this is not my wife love my wife but i'm saying if if it was just in general because i think romance is like the partner that you need that's mm -hmm. gonna be with you long term friendships come and go right so i'm gonna say romance okay. if i had to pick if i need to rekindle any of them um <laughs> underestimate or overestimated I don't like that one. Let's go back. Sorry. I mean, I guess unless you want to answer that. But. Oh, that's fine. Um, ooh, painful truth or comforting lie? Uh, I, I know mine. What is it? Painful truth. Again, logic. I'd rather know like the actual stuff. Yeah. Because then I look at it and I can self-reflect and get better. Right. So. Yeah. It, I think, it could I think be hurting, right. but I think it it's could, better. Yeah. You're going to get over it. A comforting lie it's like when then once you find out the truth you feel like an idiot so carrie now we're actually gonna do three because i want to do the last three <laughs> would you rather pause time or rewind time pause yes agreed would you any, any specific thing that came to your mind when you said that uh i guess just as time keeps going i feel like it goes fast and yeah. lots of i you know trying to find the joys in all of my times of life but I don't want to go back because I feel like things just continue to be good and enjoyable. So I just if, want to pause it and enjoy it. If more. you went back in time, would you, would you go back in time if you could have you right now? 
mean i would say more mm-hmm. you mentally going mm-hmm. back in time like physically you can change like if you're gonna like i would say if i went back to like a kid i want to be i would physically want to be able to run around but i'd want to have like the knowledge i have now or high school if i still want to play sports or college whatever um but if you went back in time and like didn't have your knowledge and just went back in time to eight and you were eight yeah with the knowledge that you were at eight i would i like my childhood but i like which is odd, but I like being an adult better than being a kid. Yeah, I I enjoyed my childhood, but I like when my children were little. Yes. So I would, if I did have to go back, I would go back to maybe when they were like ten and seven or something like that. Okay, a little cool. younger. Free travel for one year or free lodging for five years. Hmm. Oh, free travel for one year and go wherever you can and pack it all in. I would do the same. Okay. I just think it's like jump on a plane and go wherever. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that means food, travel, like all the expenses. We, that's, we demand it. Yes. <laughs> In the fine print. Um, <laughs> and then last one, second chance at love or second chance at your career? Uh, I don't know. And this is I'm weird. Okay i with the ones I have now. Hmm. I... I would say, again, I'm going with the idea that I'm not in my career and I'm not, meaning if I had a bad relationship or if I had a bad career, mm-hmm. I would rather choose the relationship over the career. Yeah. So my theme is always like that. That's like your yes. stable rock person. In yes. Life. Like careers come and go, but like ideally that person hopefully would be there for a long time. Right. Yeah. I see your point there. I can, I can, I can There's my logic coming out, Carrie. There That's we what, go. <laughs> there's my logic slash t- testing the waters. That's right. Um, all right. We're gonna we're gonna um, end there. That was fun. I actually I thought about doing that before, oh, and that I didn't know fun. what they were called. So I just yeah. but this or that question. Number one best list for adults in twenty twenty three. Timely. All right, Carrie. If people want to find you at either CVPH or the Haley Farm, how can they do so? Uh, you... Which one do you want to plug more right now during the time of this season? Good grief. Well, um... this or that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Well, my hospital email is khaley, K-H-A-L-E-Y, at cvph.org. And my Haley Farm email is haleyfarm15, because that's the year we bought it, at yahoo.com. Yahoo. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> do you use Yahoo or do you use Google a lot? Yahoo, for whatever reason. I don't know. Like even, well, work one's probably different. Oh, for a search engine, I use Google, but for email, I use Yahoo. That's fine. I've, I've transitioned from Yahoo to Google. Yeah. Which is fine. It's all good. Um, all right. We're going to wrap it up there. That was fun. Episode 251, Carrie Haley. She's great. Tree Farm's great. CVPH, great. Check them out. And we're out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.